The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Badges? I don't have to show you any stinking badges! This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, coming to the shower. Welcome, everybody. It's Friday on the Chris Salcedo Show. 64 House Democrats have signed a letter condemning, not North Korea, but condemning Donald Trump's statement on North Korea. I kid you not. And uh, also, Mary Ramirez. In the meantime, uh, the economy in the aggregate has been uh, has been doing better than it had been. Stock market's been on somewhat of a tear. And I think that Donald Trump has done everything he can do by himself to get us back on the right track. The rest is going to rely on legislation. Let's talk about this and many other things in the business world. With Charlie Gasparino, he joined Fox Business Network in February 2010 as a senior correspondent. Gasparino provides on-air reporting throughout the business day for that network, covering the latest news from the financial world. Charlie, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. Thanks for having me. Pleasure is all mine, sir. Uh, Trump touted his accomplishments on the economy. Uh, you know, saying he got rid of a whole bunch of regulations and uh, he, he's going to pledge to do as much as he possibly can. But uh, what do you think? Do you, you think he's done all he can do by trying to get rid of these executive branch regulations and the rest has got to come from Congress? Yes. Um, that's the bottom line. You know, he can get rid of some stuff on his own through executive order and, you know, or just through regulation or lack thereof. I mean, one of the things about these laws you know, take Dodd-Frank, the banking law, is that there is room for interpretation on how stringent they should be, how much capital banks should, um, should, should hold, how much, um, you know, how much leeway they have on certain practices. And that's all up to the regulating bodies, like, uh, the, like, 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 like the Treasury Department or the Federal Reserve. Um, same with the FCC. I mean, he's got his people in these, these various, or FTC, various agencies, or EPA, right? Uh, he has his people in there that can interpret the law in a much more, in a less, much less stringent way, and that's what they're doing. And, and I'll tell you, it does have an impact. <clears throat> Environmentalists and good government types will say they're allowing businesses to run rampant. Capitalists would say, well, guess what? That money flows to the bottom line and allows companies to expand and hire more. And uh, that's why you see the stock market holding up as well as it can, as well as it has been, even in the face of the, the new the possible nuclear war that we we may or probably won't have with North Korea. Right. And also the fact that there's not much legislatively being done by the administration. I mean, they really, they haven't gotten the health care through the, um, the tax cut, their tax reform situation looks like it's going to be a grind, and most uh, institutional investors I talk to don't think it's, it's actually going to happen. So, but the markets keep going up because the business environment generally is a lot better. Yeah, the same dysfunction that was has been around in Congress uh, that was around during the Obama era, still around during the Trump era. And but Obama, of course, just went extra constitutional. He didn't he didn't pay attention to the the restraints on his power. He just did stuff. Uh, most of it was uh, unconstitutional. Let me ask you about about how crucial tax reform is in your mind. Uh, a, a lot of analysts say that it's essential after eight years of Obama. But given the Obamacare screw-up by the Republican Senate, how confident are you the GOP is up to this task? Uh, you know, I think it's a 50-50 gambit. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, I, I think, you know, on the, on the positive side, they believe they need a victory. 
they don't want to lose the house in 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 2018. Um, that's the positive side. So they're they're trying to get this thing. And and they and if you listen to them, if you listen to Kevin Brady and and the House leadership, they'll tell you that you know there's more unanimity on tax cuts than there was on the various moving parts with Obamacare. So yeah. it, it, it's a less complicated um, sort of negotiation they have to they have to engage in. Not uncomplicated, but less complicated. But you know what's funny about that is that here you had a Republican Party that was singing from the same hymn book during campaign season. Repeal, replace, repeal, replace, repeal, replace. And so we were under the impression that the entire party was on board with this, and it turns out not. So now yeah, here we are. Here, how you define repeal and replace, right? Yeah, and, well. You know, there's a lot of different ways to refine it or define it, and it is a complicated matter, a lot of moving parts. Now, tax reform is less complicated. Not, again, not uncomplicated, less complicated, and that's why they think they, there's room to get something done. The negative side is that, just as I said, it's not uncomplicated, and there's a lot of warring factions. I mean, for example, hedge fund industry is going to go out, so some of this has to be paid for. I mean, I think that's most people want that. Most most people in Congress want that. That doesn't mean it has to be totally revenue neutral, like every cut, every tax cut needs a budget cut or, or, or some other revenue source, but it needs to be somewhat revenue neutral based on conversations I've had with various house people. To get there, you have to, you know, close some loopholes, right? Yeah. So is, are all the congressmen from California, New York, and New Jersey, and other high ta- other states with high income taxes, are they going to? Re- and they're Republican, mind you. Are they going to vote for the the uh, zeroing out of the uh, state and local tax deduction? Yeah, isn't there a? So. Isn't there a? Uh, because it has to be done under reconciliation. It has to be budget neutral, right? Well, it has to be budget neutral if it's out more than ten years. Is the way I understand it. Okay, I got you. If you just want to do a temporary thing, a ten-year thing. Oh. They would rather do it long term, but you know, temp- ten years is a long time. Uh, and the re- why do they want to do it lo- forever? Right? For example, they they think that business that gives businesses more confidence. There, there's a rationale for that. Businesses have more confidence to plan long term and to and basically to you know invest money in oh, plans yeah. and equipment. Oh yeah. Oh so, yeah. But ten years is a long time, and I think that's where they're going to go with this thing. So, um, like I said, they 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 think they can get something done. I they don't know what something is. Take it from me; I've met with the leadership. They, right. you know, when you see when you hear them talk, it's very, you know, they they talk a good game. And then when you start pressing them on certain things, like you know, how do you define you know revenue neutral? Do you believe in any supply side uh, fiscal stimulus that could? Uh, push that that could add to the, the, the add to tax revenues and when do you think that comes that's where the devil gets in the details and there's a difference of opinion there's a paul ryan house speaker paul ryan kevin brady on one side who are more of, on the, the side of this thing needs to balance itself out to some respect and then there's conservatives like people on the house freedom caucus who believe who generally believe in supply-side economics. That's where it gets complicated. And, you know, uh, I wonder if, you know, I don't think the conserv- the, the, the sort of supply-siders in the Republican conference will go for some sort of puny tax cut, particularly like corporate tax cuts or even individual tax cuts, if, it, if they must be, um, if they must be, if, if, if if all the deductions are 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 zeroed out, right? You know, and I just don't think they're going to go for something that is in in a sense a tax increase. 
So we'll have to see. I mean, yeah. it's going to be interesting. And they don't have a lot of time to do it, right? No, that's true. I mean, the, the, the clock is ticking. And, you know, and, and, and we were, we've been talking mostly on the corporate side, but I think the American people have earned a respite from this 75,000-page disgrace that is the tax code. Charlie Gasparino, our guest right now, folks, he's from the Fox Business Network. Uh U3 and U6 jobs uh, jobs numbers. One is the fake, what I call the fake jobs numbers. One's the real jobs numbers. Where are we at the real jobless numbers in the United States? Well, the U6, everybody says, is the most comprehensive, right? Right. And now you, now you're, you're uh, giving me a quiz. Where's the U6 right now? I believe it's something like 8.5%, 9%, right? It's, yeah, well, it's, eight, it's, it's down in the eights, and I know that, right. it, but it is dropping. So when Donald Trump says that unemployment is down at a... At a 18-year low, he has some justification for it because both U3 and U6 are budging downward on, on right. unemployment. And, but you know, listen. In, in you know, I mean, I don't want to get into an argument as who's more responsible for this, Obama or Trump. I could just tell you this: um, the economy was improving marginally when when Trump took over. There's no doubt about that. I, I it, when I say marginally, we had one and a half percent, two percent growth. That's pretty lousy. Yeah. What do you think about it? Growth is picking up now that Trump is in there. Uh, he deserves some credit for that just because he's not Obama and not Hillary. <laughs> I can tell you that he can do almost nothing, and business businessmen will say this is uh, even Tim Cook. Who's uh, the liberal who runs Apple? Yeah, um, would not admit this, but he would tell you the business environment for him is a lot better under Trump than it would be under any Democrat, given how far left the just have just doing nothing would be a blessing because the last well that's it that, the that's last eight years and, and you're doing nothing plus you know marginally you're getting the, a boost if you're a businessman out of the regular the regulatory climate which I is gotcha. a lot less hostile. Yeah, I got you. Charlie Gasparino, everybody. He is with Fox Business. Sir, I appreciate the time and expertise. You have a great weekend. You too. I appreciate having me on. 888-933-93. Back in a minute with that letter from the Democrats. And Mary Ramirez coming up still on the Chris Salcedo Show. Be right back. He is quickly becoming the left's favorite pinata. Only problem is... This pinata hits back. Chris Salcedo, oh, on the Blaze Radio Network. The Chris Salcedo Show. Conservative Talk Radio with Spice. All right, welcome back. Coming up, Mary Ramirez for our weekly visit. Longtime contributor here at the Chris Salcedo Show. Uh, to this letter, uh, 64 Democrats in the House of Representatives sent a letter to Secretary of State Rex Tillerson on Thursday urging the utmost caution and restraint in further dealings with North Korea and condemning President Donald Trump for promising fire and fury in response to reports that the Asian nation is escalating its nuclear program. Escalating. You got to love the Huffington Post. These Democrats would prefer the Bill Clinton approach, which is send North Korea lots of money and let them develop nukes. Right, Representative John Conyers? I, uh, I am astonished at the chutzpah of these people. 
your Democrat policies are on full display as failing as a communist rogue regime that starves its own people, human rights abuser to the nines, that your damned party gave billions upon billions of taxpayer dollars to, that your damned political party and the last occupier of the Oval Office removed restrictions from North Korea and they leapfrogged in technology to where they could be a threat to the United States and you have the audacity, John Conyers, you buffoon, you and 63 other House Democrats to condemn President Donald Trump as being, quote, irresponsible. You want to know what irresponsible is? Allowing a communist regime like the North Koreans to get nukes in the first place. That was irresponsible and at the feet largely of the Democrat Party. It's beyond dispute. It's beyond dispute. You people, you people are, are nuts. You're full of it and you're full and, and, well, you're full of it and you're nuts. Um, we didn't get into Dershowitz, did we? Uh, Alan Dershowitz was called a racist. Now, for those of you who don't know, Alan Dershowitz is a lifelong Democrat. And is a Jew. And he was called a racist by none other than Auntie Maxine. <laughs> I know. Um, because he suggested that a change of venue would be good for one of the, not the not the grand jury into Trump, uh, not Trump, but Russian collusion, but some of these these smaller lawsuits, because Washington D.C. would be populated with people who would normally go against Donald Trump, primarily Democrats, but Maxine Waters took it a different way. Here's what she said. And what Washington, he's simply DC. saying, you know, all of those black people are there and they don't like Trump. And so he's not going to get a fair trial. And so they should take it out of that jurisdiction. It shouldn't be there to begin with. I don't like that. Uh, and I'm surprised that Alan Dershowitz is talking like that. And we will not stand for it. We will push back against that because that is absolutely racist. Well, it's not racist. It's common sense. And every good attorney will tell you that. But, you know, what Maxine really wants is she wants a reliably... Uh, liberal uh, jury pool that would that would guarantee a conviction. She wants a biased jury pool, and that's what she's fighting for. And of course, the answer for every Democrat is to cry racism on everything, even if it's against another Democrat. Well, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Uh, first of all, I wasn't talking about the grand jury. I was talking about the petty jury. Grand jury doesn't matter. A grand jury will indict a ham sandwich if the prosecutor wants them to. So it doesn't matter where the grand jury is. But if there were to be an indictment, it would matter greatly where the trial was. Look, uh, Maxine Waters should know better and does know better. She know Wait a minute. Now, that's where I got to disagree with Alan Dershowitz. Maxine Waters is dumber than a sack of rocks. There, I have seen no indication that Maxine Waters has any claim to intelligence whatsoever. Judging by her past statements and, of course, her outright racism. Uh, she has, in, in, her, in her racist comments, 
I find her to be completely ignorant. Maxine Waters should know better and does know better. She knows that every experienced lawyer, white, black, uh, Asian, Latino, knows that when you're selecting a jury, factors like ethnicity, race, political affiliation uh, uh, matter. Uh, if I had said that race didn't matter, she'd have called me a racist. She throws around the mm. term so loosely and so inappropriately, and it, it weakens her credibility just by calling everybody a racist, by calling me a racist, when she calls real racists racists, nobody is going to uh, believe her. Uh, Mr. Dershowitz, it's not just Maxine Waters who throw around the word racist. And it's not just because she's throwing it around at everybody. She only throws it at people with whom she agrees or disagrees politically. That, this, 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 now, Maxine Waters is rather advanced in years. And this this playbook has been effective for the last you know, 20 or 30 years for the American left. Just cry racism to shut down debate. Now that, as we have articulated this week, that has been replaced by the word hate. Just say, oh, you're hateful. And that will shut down debate. They think. Maxine Waters has grown skilled and lazy at crying racism when somebody disagrees with her politically. And she ought to be ashamed of herself. You know, being black doesn't give you a license to call people racist any more than being Jewish mm. gives you a license to call people anti-Semitic. So she ought to understand. Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. By Maxine Waters' standards. Now, Alan Dershowitz said something and Maxine Waters disagreed with it. Thus, she got licensed to call him a racist. And... Alan Dershowitz has said something and Maxine Waters disagrees with it. And uh, basically that gives Dershowitz license to call her anti-Semitic, right? Because just using her standard, well, I want this and uh, if I don't get it, well, that's racist, says Maxine Waters. Well, Dershowitz says, well, you disagree with me, so it means you're racist. You're, you're anti-Semitic. You hate Jews. If If he were that intellectually dishonest, he probably would say that. That every criminal defense lawyer knows that race matters, ethnicity matters, political affiliation matters. Uh, we're not talking about computers here. We're talking about real jurors making real decisions, and jurors make decisions based on their life experience. Right. We can thank the Republican Party, the Senate Republican Party, for their inability to have a cohesive agenda. And we can thank the sinful six, John McCain, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, Shelley Moore Capito, Rob Portman, and Dean Heller. Dean Heller from Nevada. Oh, by the way, according to CBS, has uh, picked up a primary challenger because of his campaigning to repeal Obamacare and his treacherous vote to keep it. So um, Dean Heller has picked up a primary challenger and deservedly so. But we can thank those wayward Republicans for keeping Obamacare around. You know, Obamacare is so great, ladies and gentlemen, that 6.5 million Americans decided they wanted to pay money out of their pocket to escape it. Individual health care mandate requires every American to buy health insurance or pay a fine. In 2016, 6.5 million Americans chose to pay the fine rather than sign up for insurance on the Obamacare exchanges. 
Oh, it's so wonderful. Mary Ramirez, up next, folks. Be right back. Salcedo. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's Chris Salcedo's show. Uh, Mary Ramirez joining us right now, as she usually does here on Fridays. Mary, in case you start getting weird tweets from individuals uh, uh, complimenting you on being 22 weeks along and saying that your Bluetooth sounds really good. Apparently, our microphone was hot. It's a good thing we didn't say anything untoward. So, oh, crap. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yes, thank you. Thank you, everybody on Twitter for uh, letting us know we had a hot open mic. And that's good. All, you know, all Mary and I usually talk about are, uh, you know, her pregnancy. And uh, we, we were going to talk about that. And you all know now she's having a boy. So, uh, man, yes. I, I hope that wasn't a secret to any of your family, Mary. That didn't get out or anything like that. It, no, no, okay, no. good. Actually, we're good. We're oh, good. wow, that's what a relief. Ago, so. I, I would straight to have your family be listening in, and you know, it's supposed to be a private conversation, and, and everybody around creation knows about it. I mean, it, <laughs> all right. well, it would be, be okay. The Chris Hedder show is a big part of my life, so it would be a fun way to announce it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we don't keep secrets here. You, you guys even hear our off air conversations. It's, you know, it's just the way we're doing things in the blaze. We're just going to keep the mics hot all the time. Uh, glad to have you on board, everybody, here for the last... Uh, thank God it's Friday. Um, uh, well, was that a 22-week... Is that what I... Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. It's I, Friday, y'all. It's Friday. I hear you. So, hey, what are we writing about this week? Well, Chris, I think you, you may have mentioned this throughout the week, but Ashley Judd's in the news again. Yes. And, uh, you know, for those who are unaware, I think by now most people have seen what she's done. But just in case, um, she posted a couple of uh, Facebook Live rants detailing her harrowing experience at an airport. Um, and the experience, of course, was going through security and having a man refer to her as sweetheart. Um, oh, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Outfit. You're not going to be able to hear this, Mary, but I'm going to play it for everybody else. Okay. I Go for it. am a nasty woman. That's Ashley Judd. I am a nasty woman. Oh, Go ahead. <laughs> That's what's so funny about this, too, is, is this whole thing. Like, she's complaining about these words and yep. she's she's on tape saying that. Um, but anyway, so she called it. Uh, everyday sexism, I think, was the term that she used. And, you know, we laugh at the video, if, if you've seen it. I laughed at it. A lot of people did because it's just so beyond the pale. It's like, are you are you kidding? Like, are you for real here? But, you know, the, the broader problem with Ashley Judd's uh, antics on these videos and, and the overhaul, be, or, I'm sorry, the overall behavior of today's so-called feminists is really the problem. I and mean, they're, they're causing problems here where there aren't any, or certainly not to the extent that they outline them to be. I mean, I don't, I wasn't there at the airport. I don't know exactly what transpired, but you know, I, I can't imagine it was nearly as harrowing as she, as she, you know, describes it to be. I think somebody, somebody wrote something about how she was, it was as if she was comparing herself to Rosa Parks in these videos and they're cheapening real harassment. I mean, I, I wrote about this in the piece. I have been actually harassed by men, like walking the streets in Mexico. I have actually been harassed. Now, why couldn't sexually. we be talking about that when we were on, the, when we were on like having the hot mic moment? Why, why couldn't we be talking about that? That would have been salacious stuff. I mean, our ratings well, probably would have gone through the roof. 
Hey, it's in the it is in the piece. I do I do I do detail it a little bit there, and I actually um I, l I left a lot out, but nevertheless, yes. so it's not totally. In the well, dark, no, wait a but, minute. Um, you know, Mexico Mexico it ha still has that machismo uh, yeah. attitude toward women. So I mean, is is that an apples to apples comparison when you're talking about culturally? No. No, certainly not. It's not an apples to apples comparison. And, you know, even in that culture where it is more, it is more prevalent and it's just sort of more accepted and understood, I'm certainly not going to broadcast that behavior over all men in society. But what Ashley Judd does, I mean, let's just assume for a quick second that this guy in the airport really was sexist, a sexist pig, a misogynist or whatever. What she's doing with these Facebook videos is, is, is projecting his behavior on all males in society. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's the, it's like the boy who cried wolf, you know, when everything is harassment and everything is sexism and it's just, they're creating these new problems. Well, you know, and, what and that's, you know what that is. And we, and we just went over talking about Maxine Waters, Maxine oh Waters, whenever she gets in, whenever she gets in a pickle politically, she just cries racism and that's supposed that? to stop we, uh, when, when uh, progressives these days get into a pickle and they can't win the debate, they call hate. And what I look at it as, Mary, is just some of these liberal progressive women who who cannot function unless they're victims of something. That's exactly right. They can't. There's no the, the excuse for everything and anything that's gone wrong in their lives is what well, must be a man's fault. You know, and, and it's so funny, too, because they, they claim to be feminists and feminism is has brought good things for women in, in this country and, and around the world. I mean, you know, yeah, sure. Being viewed equally in society, getting to vote, you know, being viewed, uh, uh, like I said, equally in society as men, even though we are biologically and physically and everything else different. That's Those are good things. But what this sort of feminism does is it not only brushes aside those great differences, but it also just sort of says, screw you to equality. And it pushes for superiority over over men. And, you know, if you look at, I used BuzzFeed as, a, as an example here in this piece. Um, if you go onto their site, you'll see article after article, you know, praising women like Ashley Judd and, and re recounting experiences like hers and so on. And then you'll see right next to it, you'll see um, articles about, what, what was it? I think when I included in my piece, it was 34 shirtless men and remind you why you love and then insert word for male genitalia here. So that they're allowed to treat men like wow. objects and they're allowed to, it's, it's amazing. So the hypocrisy is just, it's incredible. But what's even more interesting here, too, is I was doing this piece, I was reading these articles about women who can't, who complain about men who are jerks and men, who, they can't find men to marry. Yeah. And I want to say, well, um, okay, excuse is me. Is Ashley Judd single? Yeah, I don't know. Wasn't, wasn't she dating a race car driver for a while? I can't remember. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm just asking. I don't know. But I think Madonna's single. I <laughs> Oh my or she's never Friday, she's, she's she's never really single she's sometimes triple or quadruple i hear right uh -huh. i know <laughs> but um you know yeah you spend you spend years and years screaming at men for oh, opening yeah. the door for you and carrying heavy boxes and for going to college and for you know whatever else and then you sit here and wonder why men are not chivalrous anymore and, you, and why it is that women can't find college-educated men to date and marry. Well, did you hear, I don't know. Did you hear us talking about uh, that that new series coming on HBO called Confederate? Yes. And the progressives yeah. are all up in arms because there are white guys writing about the black experience. You can't do that. You can't write. Oh, but if, but if there's a bunch of black people writing about whites, oh, that's okay. Or, or if Double there's a bunch of, bunch of Latinos writing about whites, oh, that's okay. But you can't right. write. What, what do they call that? Uh, cultural appropriation, Right. Right. 
that yep, the, the, cultural the white, appropriation. whites don't have a culture. That's that's the the the, the pre uh, the preconceived notion there. It's ridiculous. It's liberal. It's liberal pablum, isn't it not? It really is, and it's the exact same uh, philosophy that gets applied when we're talking about gender. That you know, if I had written this article as a man, if I wrote this article, well, God forbid, you can't, no, no, you can't talk about women's issues. Although I guarantee you, I will be accused of. Well, you must, you must be a man writing this article. There's no way a woman could hold this view. You well, that'd be, like, that'd be kind of if, if you're a man, that that 22 week pregnancy ought to be a bit inconvenient. Well, didn't you hear? Isn't there a couple in Oregon or something like that where the? the I um, heard about um, that. Uh, well, where, what, apparently, where men she, can give birth to. Well, well she wasn't a. Okay. Well, she uh, he wasn't a real man, right? It was she actually. Well, no, a, she's biologically a female. Right. She's converting to male. Therefore, the, the headline of the story is male gives birth to to, to child Duh. son. I think. Duh. Anyway. And what <laughs> what are labels anyway? Right. Well, what, you I, know. what I find fascinating about that is that. The so-called party and ideology of science doesn't seem to have a firm grasp on X and Y chromosomes. I just don't understand. Isn't that the we're always the ones that get accused of being science deniers because we question the you know the gospel of man-made climate change? I'm sorry, flat, flat earthers, uh, flat earthers. Right. Yep. I'm sorry. Who's denying science? Okay. So. so what is the name of the piece this week? Or, no, wait, 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 wait a minute. Why don't you just save it? We'll go to break, and then we can say it while we're in break and have another hot mic moment. I guess we could, right? <laughs> no. Well, I'll save you I'm the just te- I'm just teasing. <laughs> go ahead. Say it. Yes. It's Ladies, Please Don't Be Like Ashley Judd, and it is up on my blog, and I'll tweet it out after this segment. It sounds like a country music song. <laughs> Ladies, don't let Please your daughters don't be grow like up Ashley Judd. to be Ashley Judd. You know... <laughs> Her her family makes some great country music. That 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 could be the Judds could make a comeback. Yeah. Don't let your don't let your daughters grow up to be like Ashley. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh boy. I guess we're done, aren't we? I, I think so. I yeah, think, I, I, think I was about done about yeah. ten, fifteen minutes ago. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> you have yourself a great weekend. You take care of yourself. Uh, you know, you're you're eating for two. No no more tequila for you. No, I, I suppose I should lay off of that, huh? Yeah, then that'd be a good idea. But All right. Uh, Mary Ramirez, everybody, longtime contributor here at the Chris Salcedo Show. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. All right. Uh, 888-933-93, 888-900-3393. Got a Friday song for you all coming up after the break. Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. You are listening to the Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. Story brought to you yesterday. Didn't get a chance to get much into it. And so I put in the promo and wanted to at least touch on it a little bit today. Uh, the a federal judge, uh, ironically and, and surprisingly, an Obama judge has ordered the government to search its databases for Hillary Clinton emails as they pertain to Benghazi. Now, I I'm not sure this is going to bear any fruit, folks, but it, it is interesting that keeps Hillary and emails and injustice in the headlines. In all, Secret, uh, the St- Secretary of State's office found 348 Benghazi-related messages or documents that were sent 
to or from Hillary Clinton in a period of nearly five months after the attack. And what they had searched originally were the accounts of Uma Abedin, Cheryl Mills, Jake Sullivan, and uh, and Clinton herself. But Clinton Clinton's State Department email wasn't in use. There was nothing there. She was using her private server, remember? However, the conservative watchdog group Judicial Watch argued that the search wasn't good enough because the state never tried to search its own systems. The State Department never searched its own systems for relevant messages in the official email accounts of Clinton top aides. I'm sure that James Comey just simply overlooked that. So uh, we'll see where it goes. I don't have high hopes, but we shall see. Uh, The WBAP players. Of course, the big story this week was North Korea. It was a big story back in 2013, but it just didn't get reported because the press was was covering for resident Obama. So he wouldn't have to do anything. The fact that the Koreans, the North Koreans could miniaturize nuclear weapons and put them on top of ICBMs. And well, that got the attention of the WBAP players. And here you go. It's Friday song. The Corsell Sato Show here on The Blaze. Check it out. On Tuesday morning, Kim let us know he had bombs. Oh man, I got plans, he said, to put it into you. I woke up this morning and heard he's gonna nuke Guam. Then Trump tweeted what we're gonna do. Oh, we'll bring fire and we'll bring pain We'll launch a rain of fury the world's never seen Korean barbecue will have a whole new meaning (laughs) And you'll never think of doing it again You're gonna see the face of Jesus If you try to make a stand You won't live to see another day Your day of reckoning is real close at hand And by the way, your haircut's really gay (laughs) Oh, we'll bring fire and we'll bring pain We'll launch a rain of fury the world has never seen Korean barbecue will have a whole new meaning And you'll never think of doing it again It's just in my mind this uneasy time What has the fat kid done? Lord knows when the war winds blow, it'll turn your head around Too much time on the diplomatic line, maybe time to raise a gun Bad dreams of flying machines, dropping bombs on the ground Oh, we'll bring fire and we'll bring pain We'll launch a rain of fury the world's never seen Korean barbecue will have a whole new meaning And you'll never think of doing it again No, you'll never think of doing it again
know you'll never think of doing it again There you go, the WBAP players taking us into the weekend on the Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. If you want that uh, that parody for your very own, just head over to the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. We have put it up there uh, for you guys to digest. Hey, remember everybody, society's worth not measured by how much power is seized by its government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Great weekend, everybody. See you here on Monday on The Blaze. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh